0: You're listening to Give Yourself Some Leeway, with me, your host, Eugene Lee. i spent the last four years trying to discover how to break the burnout cycle. And as a high achiever in a fast-paced world, it's very easy to slip back into old habits that leave you feeling overwhelmed and left behind. If you're anything like me, then you need to hear this. It's not your fault each episode is dedicated to help break the stigma around mental health in the workplace end burnout culture for good and the action steps that you can take today to do your part towards your personal growth and success i am so happy that you're here today and thank you again for joining us Raka, welcome to Give Yourself Some Leeway, and thank you again for taking the time to join the show.
1: Thank you. I'm very happy to be here.
0: Raka, for anyone who hasn't heard of you, what is your story, and why is it that you do what you do?
1: Mm, I'm the author of 42 children's books, and one book for adults that's a memoir, about my story, the story of my life. Um, Why do I do what I do? (laughs) Because I, I write children's books because I want to help children from the as early in life as possible to understand the purpose of their lives and to live as joyfully as possible. So I want to reach children as early as I can. And I write the books that I wish I had as a child. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned before that you burnt out in your early 20s. What was that like?
1: Yes. Well, I worked really hard to get into Harvard. I, uh, at, at one point, that was part of my search. I was searching so desperately for what was missing in my life, and I didn't know what was missing. So, I I figured if I study really hard, I'll go to Harvard, and um, it's like the ultimate wisdom I could find there, you know. So, um, I did. I I did very well, and I I learned about everything, and then I I went there, and... um, you know, I was wondering, what brings joy? Is it wealth, fame, power? Um, what brings what's the purpose? I At Harvard, I actually met. Really, the children of the most famous people um, in the world and. People that became really powerful um, and I found out that they were really just like anybody else, like up close. Um, in fact, one story is that I was invited to this really exclusive garden party and um, being there with with all these kind of famous people's children. And um, on this beautiful day in May, the sky suddenly filled up with storm clouds. And the whole garden party got sopped and ruined. And I felt like this is the biggest proof to me. Like all these powerful people, they can't stop the rain from coming down on their party. There's something more. I felt like at a young age, I was able to reach this illusory place, this apex of a mountaintop. And I got to see there's nothing much up there. They're the same, like the people with their, they they were talking to each other, but looking beyond for something more, just like anybody else is doing. So there was the fame, the fortune, the power is not the ultimate, but I was left with not knowing what was, what does bring happiness in life then. So at that point, I had food addictions that were getting worse and worse as I was at Harvard. Um, I was doing like extreme dieting, fluctuating with extreme binges. Um, in my in my memoir, I'll hold it up. It's called "It's called Nourish the Soul, Filling the Emptiness Within." When I put this together, it's based on I took my diary entries, then my journals, then my letters, and I compiled it and I filled in the missing pieces. So you can see, like a documentary of a person gradually developing food addictions and then the healing process. So I was searching desperately to fill the emptiness within. Um, And I say that um, I was starving. I was starving for what could really nourish my soul. I didn't even know I was a soul. I didn't even know, but something was missing and I wasn't getting the nourishment that I wanted. And then when I would go on the binges, Nothing could fill me up enough after the binges, I was hungrier than ever, just like with all addictions um whether it's drugs or alcohol or gambling or shopping, whatever you experience pleasure temporarily, but then you're left emptier than ever afterwards so um, that's uh, uh, so the burnout is that I was searching so desperately and hard to find what was missing. And I worked so hard. And then after I was like nominated to Phi Beta Kappa, I was the top of my class in psychology. And then I went on to medical school to become a psychiatrist. And then by then I was burning out more than ever. The, The food addictions got worse than ever. And when you have an addiction, it's done in private, so nobody knows what you're doing, and you look like you're not even suffering on the outside until it gets to a very extreme place. But nobody knew what I was going through. So, um, and and your behavior gets more and more bizarre as you keep getting away with your addiction. So it it got to a really low place by by the end of the first year of medical school. That was what I call burnout. Um, I was I was really ready to give up on life. It seems so ridiculous. I seemed so successful on the outside, but I wasn't finding what nourished my soul. That's, that's the point when I hit the lowest.
0: Especially for, again, having that high achieving mindset. And being driven by success. Yes. And we develop these behaviors that otherwise, yes, people see them as they they are addictions. But we normalize that behavior. We tie it to our identity. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, one example was that I was high energy, always high work ethic. um, But when the energy started to wean over or wane over time. I substituted that lack of energy that I, I looked for borrowed energy in likes of energy drinks and caffeine. Yes. I normalized it. I was like, you know, it's just one can here and there. And the next thing it became a habit of, oh, I've got 12 pack or 24 pack of energy drinks in the back of my car. And I normalized that. I yes. don't see that as an issue. It's the same as, like, as you said, with the food addiction, with the with the binging, you normalize it to an extent and you hide it from others. Yes. That there's the shame of accepting it for what it is, accepting it's a weakness, that it's an addiction, that it's something that you are, it's a coping mechanism for your, for this lifestyle that you're trying to achieve. You're trying to succeed more. And it is, yeah, it's, when, he, when you go into that burnout downward spiral, the hardest part is admitting to that, admitting to, to that food addiction.
1: Yes, exactly. An addiction is like a prison and the walls get narrower and narrower as you get more and more into the, your active addiction. <laughs> What's unusual about the uh, an, uh, the prison of an addiction is that the locks are in the are on the inside as opposed to every other prison (laughs) we if we get the tools we can get out of the prison but we we have to have the right tools to get out um it's not dependent on you know somebody else opening the key and we can get out so um um yeah it, yeah so it's 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 a very lonely place to be too you feel more and more estrangement disconnection alienation the more you um, get in involved in an addiction
0: and the catch 22 there is that the longer you spend in that time in the, in that space the more comfortable you get within that space. And it's even harder to get out because you have to recognize it for the problem that it is. But once you've been there long enough, you're like, Oh, this is the way things have been for as long as I can remember. So I don't know how to change that habit. It's, it's trying to break that cycle can be very hard for people.
1: Yes. But, but I was aware that I was suffering. I, I wasn't able to focus. It was using up my energy. Like I wasn't able to focus in the same way anymore. It was taking up my entire life. It, it just invades your whole life. It takes, you know, I, I definitely felt that I was suffering and I was reaching out for help. At the end of my, at, toward the very end of the year, um, I told my boyfriend what I was going through. And he said, you know, you need help. So I turned to the, there was a a therapist specifically for the medical students. And I went to see him. He was a Japanese man. And I told him about my, what I was going through. I, I, I explained everything. It was my first time telling someone everything, what I was doing. Even the most embarrassing stuff. So, um... He said to me, you know, as sick as you feel right now, I had plans to go to Israel for the summer because I had a six-week break. He said, I think that you're going to find yourself spiritually because I feel like you keep saying there's something missing. And when you find yourself spiritually, it's going to really help you with all these Addictive problems that you've been describing. It was amazing to me. He he was Japanese. He wasn't in my Jewish culture. And yet he saw that he could see he could sense from me such a need for this. I, I found that incredible. Uh, and it turned out to be right, <laughs> which I didn't I, I felt like I was in such a lost place. How could that be the answer? But yeah.
0: And he didn't try to push what worked for him on you. He, he, he really, he really <laughs> re- recognized where you were coming from and what would work for you and on your spiritual journey.
1: I never thought about that. Who knows? Maybe he was a spiritual person too. I don't even know, you know, I have no idea. Um, but I didn't get to keep meeting with him. I mean, it was the end of the year and I was going on my vacation, so... But, yeah, it's a good point he He definitely saw where I was, and it was it was calming to me even to just hear him say that for some reason, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: you mentioned there when it comes to addiction, that you're searching for you're trying to fill this pleasure within you could never you could never find no matter how much you fed the addiction you could never find lasting pleasure what what is lasting pleasure beautiful
1: we i think we're all we all are searching for lasting pleasure that's why and the food is delicious so if we feel a scarcity of pleasure in our lives we want the pleasure to keep lasting. So if I feel this temporary pleasure, why not just keep stuffing my face and then pleasure can keep lasting? Or why not just stay on drugs and be high all the time and then the pleasure will keep lasting, you know? Just keep doing it. That's the, that's the reasoning behind the addiction to get the pleasure to keep lasting. Until I, I found the tools that I can actually rewire my brain to live a life of pleasure. Now, I don't wanna say I'm I'm in pleasure every moment. No, but so much of my day is pleasurable now because I've learned the secret to happiness. What nourishes our hungry soul is gratitude. Gratitude changes everything because when we live with gratitude, then we're living a life of appreciating what we have. We're not living a life of scarcity any longer. Um, it's a life of abundance. So it's a completely, completely changed the world. When I began to understand it that way, the world had turned gray and the colors started coming back as i began to understand these these gratitude tools
0: and finding these gratitude tools why why do you feel that people aren't actively searching for these gratitude gratitude tools is it that they are hard to come by or is it it requires a lot of work why is it so much easier people look for the quick fixes the the quick ways the, the the short-term gratifications rather than the lasting pleasures
1: we we learn early on how to cover up the pain and get instant comfort you know a child falls down you want a lollipop you know it, it, we learn these these things that'll give us comfort right away and, and that's why i'm I'm teaching children early on gratitude skills cuz that it's a whole different way to live when you train yourself to go on the gratitude pathway the neural pathway because we all were given also there's voices inside of all of us there's an inner critic in our brains putting down everything getting us to focus on what we're lacking everybody has it people think that they're the only ones experiencing this but it it's it's personalized to each person so each person um, in this personal trainer inside of us knows each person's weakness and will get Each person to focus on a different thing that they're lacking, you know, but but um, specifically, although there's general ways that we're all focused on what we're lacking. So, um, in fact, that's that's one of my newest books for children is don't read this book. It's called don't read this book because it's in the voice of the inner critic. It doesn't want you to read the book or you will learn its tricks. Once you learn its tricks, you begin to get the power over it. So this book took me 30 years to write. I had the title and most of the book written for years. And I kept coming back to it because I didn't have the ending of the book. It took years of wisdom until I got that. And that is this. it's That inner critic is is like a barbell, you know? This is how we grow our gratitude muscles, pushing it off. Because every time that voice says, you're lacking this, you're missing that. If you just have this, you'll be happy. And we become aware of it. We recognize that's how the voice talks to us to make us miserable. Then we can push it off. And that's how we grow our gratitude muscles. Every time we push it off we grow more neural pathways. Our brains have neuroplasticity, so we can actually develop more gratitude pathways so that our brain is functioning with more. It's easier and easier to be grateful as we practice it.
0: I love that how it took you years to write because in a way it's only way that we can really teach something is if we can as you let's say teach it to kids explain it in a way that a five-year-old can understand
1: exactly i just read recently it was such said expressed so well the clearer you understand something the more simply you can express it so this is it When I can write a picture book for a child, that means I really understand the concept. I can write it in the most simple way and also a joyful way. The best example of this is Einstein's theory of relativity. E equals MC squared. That is one of the most important pieces of wisdom in life, that we're all energy, we're all light energy, what looks like we're physical beings and material, we're mainly energy, we're mainly light, frozen light, actually, but, you know, we're all made up of electron, we're all made up of atoms, and the atoms are mainly empty space with electronic energy going through it, it's all it all cycles back so energy is and 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 we're all all of us exist from the same source energy and we all we all share the same energy cycling around and around yes
0: one thing you mentioned before about pleasure and finding fulfillment when you were when you were burnt out can you explain what the pleasure ladder is? Because when you first explained this to me uh, before, I was like, OK, I've never heard of this pleasure ladder. So can, can, can you explain to people what are the steps of the pleasure ladder and wh- how do you find fulfillment with it?
1: Thank you. I am really devoting so much of my life to spreading this because it's not well known. And it's so helpful to people once they learn about it. This is coming from ancient mystical wisdom. And now is the time to bring this light out into the world. The pleasure ladder has five rungs, which correspond to the five fingers on our hands. Once we understand this, it's within our power. It's within our hands to bring pleasure into our lives at any moment. We have the power. The five levels of the pleasure ladder They correspond to the five levels of the human soul. So the lowest level on the pleasure ladder are all the physical pleasures, the natural physical pleasures, because the the lowest level of the soul is the part that's connected to our body. So when we experience these natural physical pleasures, like the natural foods, Spending time in nature, listening to music, movement, dance, yoga, um, gardening, swimming, all these natural pleasures, when we experience them with gratitude, that nourishes our soul, that nourishes the lowest level of our soul. And moving up the ple- each, each rung gives you a more lasting pleasure and each level gives you more connection because again when we're in addiction we're experiencing disconnection and what we need to bring us back is connection and gratitude is connection it's that's connecting us in other words something we are being given to with compassion and with intelligence. So that creates a connection. And, and gratitude, it's like a smile. It, 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 it's that bond of connection. So the next level up is love. First, we're connecting to another physical thing. Then we're connecting to another being. Love, it seems to be dependent on someone else but the ancient mystical definition of love is focusing on the virtues of another and we can always bring love into our lives in that sense of meaning because like even in even in solitary confinement in a prison a person could think of a grandmother who once did a kindness for them and, and be filled with a warm, emotional feeling of love and inspiration just by thinking about them. They, they're not present. The person doesn't have to be present. We just have to focus on the virtues of another to bring love into our lives. Even higher than that is meaning. That meaning gives us an even deeper, more lasting pleasure it's doing something good and positive in in our lives. So I I was on another show. And when I got up to this level, um, the host said that he was eating pizza and he had two slices of pizza and he was about to plow through the whole box of pizza. He was feeling lonely and miserable. And a neighbor knocks on his door And he helps his neighbor for two minutes. He comes back. He does not want the pizza anymore. What happened? He he just filled up did something meaningful for someone else did something good. He put the rest of the pizza in the fridge for another day. It's it. It has an instantaneous effect. We all can experience this. We all have experienced it, you know, and that's how it works. So even higher level, this is surprising, is creativity. When we are being creative, we don't feel like eating or sleeping. We're in a zone where time is passing and we're not aware of it. We're beyond time. When we're being creative, um, it's an even greater high it's an even deeper pleasure again if we if we experience it with gratitude it's completely transformed it takes the ego out of it we're not afraid of failing because we are just giving with gratitude we're like vessels we're just vessels for the energy and giving back in gratitude it's kind of we're overflowing from our cup so it's a totally different kind of experience when we are experiencing all of these levels with gratitude. The highest level is transcendence. So that is the sense of unity, the sense of oneness. It's recognizing that we are connected to everybody and everything. And it's also We experience transcendence like under a starry, starry sky when we know we're a part of the greater universe. We also experience it when we make that first crack in a bad habit. We transcend our own limitations. We become like more of the divine spark within us. We're becoming more. We're not as limited anymore. We're we're relating to that sense of, of oneness and unity with with the universe and with the source of all energy. So those are the five levels. And there's only one price to pay to climb any rung on this ladder. What is that price? It's gratitude. That That is the price that we pay. So there is nothing to lose by experiencing this. And we only have to gain his joy. Um,
0: yeah i can i can feel straight away again the high achiever in me and having absolutely no patience and wanting to achieve as much and as little time as possible and it's that little niggling voice that says i don't have the time to invest or to, to, to spend on that oh if i can if i can get that from scrolling on instagram or tiktok and get that dopamine fix i can let's say fill that void and of course, that's not how I think now. But I remember when that was the case. Yes, that I didn't have the time to sit down and be alone with my thoughts and actually think how 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 am I feeling? And it wasn't that I couldn't feel emotion. It wasn't that I that I had no emotions. It was that there was so much going on. I was overstimulated. I didn't know how to process any of that emotion. I did not mm. know how to regulate that emotion. So if any any problem or any um and be it negative or positive they all just appeared dull to me because i couldn't filter out which emotion i was meant to process at that time so it can yes getting to that place where you can experience gratitude and express gratitude can be very difficult for some people
1: well, it definitely doesn't take any extra time because it's the same moment. You just are transforming the moment with your awareness. You're focusing on what you already have in your life as opposed to what you're lacking. It's a, it's a refocusing. Um, so that takes no extra time at all. When you're eating an orange... It takes the same amount of time to eat it with gratitude and to eat it without gratitude, but it's just transforms your those moments so completely I love to explain about the orange because it's so basic, you know, the fruit are initially they're all green, they are camouflaged in with the leaves, because they're being saved for when they become so bright and beautiful, they're being protected till they become the most vivid colors, that's when they're ripe. So then we take them, they're beautiful to look at and they smell beautiful and, and, and the peel keeps the sweet juiciness in for months. And then when we experience it and we taste how wonderful it is, then we're left with the slippery seeds that are meant to go back in the ground and become oranges and become trees and become oranges endlessly so we're we're getting like this incredible amount of loving kindness and intelligence packed into just a little orange but we could take it for granted so easily instead we can experience receiving all that loving kindness that particular orange that you were eating was was designed for you to eat it and with so much care so that's how we can just transform a a very what seems like a mundane moment into a a transcendental experience of joy
0: i love that that's one thing i love asking guests is what are the actionable steps that you can take right now in order to 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 get get started on this to as you said to bring more pleasure into your life something as simple as practicing gratitude I feel that when people say to you need to be more grateful sometimes it's with a hint of shaming someone that oh you should be grateful for what you have and yeah. it, if anything, it, it, it turns people off. It, it, it brings up the defensiveness. Because I see. if you complain about something or if you're, again, you're asking for help and someone sees you as, oh, but you're really successful, you should be grateful for that. And it's, it's, an, it's a negative energy behind it. I see. And, I see. And, and then people have a negative connotation or a negative association with the word gratitude. I see. So it can be hard for them to practice it if they have that inner critic telling them that gratitude in a way is a bad thing because people tell them that they need to be more grateful. So they put up the defenses and be like, OK, I'm just not going to I'm not going to speak about it or people mm. overuse the word gratitude. And so in some cases where they're like, oh, practice gratitude every morning. And it's like you have to write down three sentence, three things that you're grateful for, and it can't be the same thing. And people get again, it's when you're overstimulated and you've got too many things going on and you've you're in this state of autopilot. It can be very hard to put yourself in that place where you need to think of three new thoughts or three new things that you're grateful for when you're living in the same same loop the same cycle every day
1: yes but it is a good training it your your brain just starts going in a whole different direction when you start appreciating but the idea of shame i love that because like like for instance if a person you know uh, if a person tries to eat healthy and they they have five candy bars one day the inner critic is saying you know you had the five candy bars just forget about this so have some more you know and it tries to get you to just keep going in that direction and it it puts the shame there so i mean how you can use gratitude in that example is is you say oh right like whenever you're feeling miserable you know it's that inner critic doing it to you. It's always the inner critic making you miserable. So when you become aware of that, you say, oh, all right, you're trying to make me miserable about the five candy bars. I'm going to be grateful that I didn't have 10 candy bars. Or if I had 10, I'll be grateful that I didn't have 200 candy bars. There's always something to be grateful for and it feels really weird when you start practicing gratitude it's like you're going on this very gravelly road that no one's ever driven on before you feel awkward you feel weird but as you practice it it just becomes really joyful any moment any moment that you spend being grateful is a moment you're not being miserable. Just, just enjoy that one moment. Don't be ashamed that you're not grateful. The next moment, just celebrate that one moment. Just be grateful for that one moment of gratitude, it, it, and because that's how to out trick that inner critic that's saying, "Oh, but you weren't grateful. For this, you weren't grateful." For- okay, I was grateful for this moment. That. That's how you get your power back.
0: I love that. It's celebrating your wins as well. I think I think that's something that people don't do. No matter what they achieve, they don't celebrate those wins. And that was something even as recent as a few weeks ago. Um, I, I with the podcast, I hit my one hundred episodes, and straight off, I was like, okay, n- now now for the next hundred. Yes. And I was like, no, I would need to take a step back here and actually celebrate this win. And it was something that I've talked about a lot, getting people to celebrate their wins every day. And I became aware of myself not celebrating my own wins. Beautiful. And so, so it's no matter how much you're in this space of being more grateful and celebrating yourself and not listening to that inner critic. It's a constant battle or it's a constant to and fro
1: constant because we have this inner critic with us all the time it's there for a good reason if we're alive we still have to be working on ourselves we're here to accomplish a lot we're here and it doesn't only mean um concrete um actions in the world it's also here Inside our happiness box, we have so much to accomplish to become better human beings. You know, that's, that's it. So, it, savoring, lingering in joy is, is, is a new practice for many, people. all of us can improve on that. And what do we have to lose by doing it? It just gives us a more joyful life any time that we spend savoring and lingering somebody was asking how can i increase my joyful memories that's how by savoring them by lingering there because um you know our minds are initially they're they're wired to remember dangerous things and traumatic events we have to put extra effort in to developing the the gratitude pathways. That's the work that we're here to do.
0: If there's someone who is completely out of touch with their feelings and they want to practice gratitude the way that you're explaining it, not the way that people make them feel bad about not being grateful. And in the sense I mentioned earlier, when people see you as being highly successful or driven by achievement all this and it looks like everything is going right for you but you feel like there's still that void and you don't know how to fill that void and when you reach out for help people just say oh you need to be more grateful or uh, you know you should, you should you should be very appreciative of, of what you've achieved so far stop trying to look for more how do you help that person experience or become more aware of gratitude is there a step or is there maybe a question that they might ask themselves
1: i feel that the pleasure letter gives that answer because you know how you hear directions eat healthfully exercise volunteer that's all included here but i never understood why why do those things actually help they're all there eating healthy, connecting with other people, volunteering, being creative, spending time in nature. It explains because we're not just physical beings. We look like we're physical beings, but our essence is spiritual. And what we need to thrive every day, we need nutrition to survive. We also need spiritual nourishment. If we don't recognize that, then we can just go on and on recognizing that we are in essence our core we're spiritual beings housed in these physical bodies then we recognize that we need this explains why we need it there are five levels to each of our souls if we're not getting that nourishment then we're going to always feel that emptiness When we have an addiction, we're desperately trying to fill it with physical things, externalities, and it never fills the hole. The hole gets deeper and deeper as we try to fill it with these addictions because it's not a physical hole. Wealth doesn't fill it. Power doesn't fill it. Fame doesn't fill it. We know that from all the famous people that we see out there what does bring happiness, living a grateful life, doing good things for other people, having these connections, and also living healthfully too, um, and moving our bodies that are designed to move, and eating healthful things. Because when we, the difference between the junk, the food-like substances that are really junk, when those are designed to be Delicious and addictive. And the natural food is designed to be delicious and nutritious. It's totally different. When we, after we eat the whole bag of potato chips or the whole box of chocolate chip cookies or the whole pint of ice cream, we feel much worse than we did before. But we're not going to eat a whole bag of oranges because it doesn't have that same effect on our bodies. You know, we, we fill up from it, but it, it has the fiber and the water content, everything, the, the nutrition that we need. It's a whole different experience. And this explains why. Because when we eat those natural food, it has it has that vital energy in it that fills us with gratitude for being alive. And so this is how You you might not connect to being um, a a fuzzy kind of feeling kind of person, but recognize um, E equals MC squared. We're really energy. We're really at our core spiritual energy. And if you take the first law of thermodynamics, energy is never lost or destroyed it is flowing around we this is it so we want positive good energy in our life that's how to avoid burnout because when you live with gratitude i i, I never burn out from doing what i'm doing because i i'm just spreading this joy it 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 it, it helps my soul to shine at, when i help other souls to shine
0: One of the things I love most about how you explain things is that you have this skill and I've mentioned this before that you can explain it so simply that a child can understand. So, If anyone wants to hear more about what you do and all the lessons, all this wisdom you need to share, you share it in a format that Any five year old or seven year old can understand. So, anyone who wants a simple explanation on what's the best way forward to understand, even to understand the pleasure ladder, to understand why you don't need to listen to your inner critic, uh, what's the best place for them to get in touch with you and maybe more of your books?
1: Yeah. And on my website is the best place. And you can also download a free chart. Of the pleasure ladder, not like this, really, with much more information on it. People could put it on their fridge, on their on their, you know, cabinets to remember. I I one of the questions that comes to my mind if I feel like overeating is, is it my body that's hungry or my soul? Or another question: if I eat 95 more spoonfuls of this ice cream, will I then feel full? Because you know from so much experience that that won't be the case. You know that now. So what does fill us up? That's it. And um, yeah, so you could visit my website and download that or look at all of my books and you'll see um, that they're helping hundreds of thousands of children, thank God, to live more joyful lives, Getting, getting the happiness skills as early in life as possible
0: and i can even tell by the way that you describe it the fulfillment and the pleasure that you get from the books that you write
1: thank you so much it's so true it's it's a tremendous joy i'm so grateful to be able to do this yeah